Somebody's, anybody's, the sum of all bodies equating to everybody. Your MC, Master of Community, Philly Shira. Expressive language is used. Listener's discretion is advised. Holy Guatemalan guacamole. I'm Philly Shira, the one and only, and this is Somebody Do Something, the podcast. Season number two has been a hot minute, as my dad would say. And low-key, that means a long time, but it's not supposed to. And that's exactly how this feels to me. (sighs) I'm damn near two months late with season two. (laughs) Giving myself grace, but it's been rough. But I'm alive and breathing and well enough. Can I get an amen? Thank you. Thank you. After season one, pumping out an episode a week with the scheduled interview and editing, etc. On top of working as a scientist full time. I caused some burnout for myself, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, your girl took a mental break. Um, I learned a lot. I would say I experienced my own shifts as a result of the Great Conjunction and the official start of my Saturn return, which, from what I understand, kind of starts a few years out before your 28th year, whatever. We'll get into that some other time. For my astrology heads, you probably know what I'm talking about. But basically, this year started out with me having to, like, adjust in major ways. I would say the most major, seemingly, was a car accident I was in in February uh, on my way home from work. This was my first car. I had it for three weeks, over a year. (laughs) I worked very, very hard to obtain it on my own. And so that broke my heart a little bit. I did sprain my ACL. I have a minor spinal injury, which makes my back and my neck and shoulder. My neck. My back. Uh, But I'm grateful to have my health and mobility, even if it is extremely limited and very painful on most days. So uh, I keep trying to remind myself, especially like in moments of frustrations that Recovery, but mostly healing, is not linear. It's not in a straight line. You can't say you'll feel better this day and then wham, it magically happens. Like, you just gotta persevere and keep going. (laughs) I'll play this back for myself, I suppose. But I would say if I could take a lesson away from this, it's embracing the idea of detachment. And by that, I mean detachment from worldly possessions like cars. And I tell myself, I didn't even want to buy a car. Like, I'm that environmental. But, like, I was just like, it doesn't make sense to not have one because of how Central Florida is set up. Having an emotional attachment to an inanimate object uh, is not something that I should be focused on. Uh, So... But I tell myself, it's Toyota till it's Tesla. I don't want a vehicle that other people think is luxurious because luxury for me means not driving at all. So until I have my self-driving Tesla, I'll stay in updated Corollas, I guess. I would say, though, like 
you know, any parents out there looking for a good car to buy their kids, the crash impact on these shits is incredible. I truly, like, felt my car eat most of the impact, and I could feel that, especially because my car was total, but I didn't break any bones. My airbags did not deploy, so that was interesting. Uh, Another very important lesson I learned is that I'm very well taken care of, and that's an incredibly irreplaceable type of feeling. So thank you to my circle, my tribe, my team. Uh, I used to pride myself on accomplishing things alone, but nothing works the way the team works, you feels. So shout out to my squad. This season of SDS is going to be very different from the last, especially because I'm not burning myself out this time. I found new things that I'm passionate about (laughs) while I was learning new shit. Uh, And it's funny what time away from social media prompts you to do, like the rabbit holes of information you find yourselves in or whatever, but I am thoroughly enjoying it and I highly recommend that you lose yourself in knowledge sometimes, actual knowledge and not fucking social media bullshit. Said all that to say. I'm going to be releasing one or two episodes a month. Um, They'll be a little longer, but packed with stories and info and dope shit. You know, the usual. This is crazy, because I really had intentions of coming back in February. I started writing notes for episodes um, in February to the point where I, like, thought of a segment for each week of February to, like, highlight different black history uh, figures not just the ones that we learned in school and if I did go over those or if I do go over those rather it'll be parts that like were not popularly talked about or not portrayed under and through a white lens but you know from a perspective that makes them human and not heroes because at the end of the day yes they are our heroes however we have to see where they were human and forgive ourselves and stop being so hard on ourselves and stop acting like people weren't human when they were alive. That was a cute little tangent. What else do I have in my notes here? We will also be naming and dethroning trauma across the black community with the intention to grow and heal because I think we have a tremendous opportunity to do so and we cannot heal or grow without acknowledgement, without acceptance, without forgiveness, without conversations, without knowledge of self, without self-awareness. To be clear, I will be highlighting all things black because that's the majority of my identity. Uh, Side note, I plan on truly discovering the history of my family in upcoming years, so I'm looking forward to be able to share that and know who I am fully and embrace all parts of the cultures that make up my lineage and that's going to be dope I'm really looking forward to that but as usual I will be welcoming friends and families and you know strangers I like to get to know new people to the table uh basically to share experiences from different lenses the theme is still consistent with uh last season and that's the goal of this platform but I think it's going to be a little more random in the delivery of information. So I'll have I'll try my best to do, you know, good descriptors of the episodes so you guys can like, you know, pick and choose which one you want to dive in, whatever. That being said, though, I am opening 
and offering my platform to anyone listening who feels like they want slash need slash desire to tell their story or honor someone they know or promote their own or any other small business. Uh, I'm casting a pretty wide net because this podcast became international as fuck. The Clubhouse app. Wow. Just fucking wow. So I I saw it and I was like, I rolled my eyes and was like, oh my God, like more social media. <laughs> and then I signed up. <laughs> Shout out to my homie, Mike G. He pressed that approve button for me. Got my invitation like expedited or whatever the fuck it said. Whatever. He, he, he let me in. And wow, I met so many people from all across our country, the America, this, whatever you want to, I don't even know what to call this piece of shit. Uh, I also met a lot of people from the UK, um, with different, you know, origin countries. And that's going to have to be an episode in and of itself. And I hope to try to like have a room or get some of my friends going so that we can share some of what I'm talking about. But Oh my god, I also realized that the general American perception of everything outside of America is extremely distorted. On an individual level, I feel like it's important to be able to see and know the bigger picture and the smaller picture, you know, and the differences on like macro, macro, micro type of shit. We talk about reshaping perspective on this show and through studying human behavior, I've learned that We connect through stories. Um, Since the beginning of human development, we've found all different kinds of ways to communicate with one another and share things with one another. And I want to continue that tradition. So if you would like to share anything with the SDS audience, please reach out to me through the social medias or if you have my number and we will make it happen. I know I have a lot of interviews to get through, but... um, these episodes are longer, so I could probably have two guests or more sometimes, uh, especially with like Zoom and Clubhouse and the way that things are set up that way. So I'm very excited. This isn't really a light episode. These episodes are going to be a little more uh, current event based versus like just not random knowledge, but more structured um, and not correlated to current events. But uh, I will say I'm going to highlight this story, although since I uh, took these notes and wrote this, um, a lot of Asian hate crimes have been happening, and oppression of one is a oppression of all, and I think that it's honestly ridiculous to even separate ourselves through race because we all belong to one race, and that is the human race. Uh, Someone else said that. I'm not sure who, uh, but it's fucking true. SDS stands in solidarity with our Asian brothers and sisters. It's really hard to say anything else, uh, especially because I want to focus kind of on a story that happened prior to um, some of these instances that went on throughout the month. Um, In early March or so, there was some extremely disturbing news regarding a black American family in Indianapolis, a quadruple homicide over a stimulus check. Um, one of the deceased 
was a young girl the age of seven. You can find the story very easily using the buzzwords through Google uh, buzzwords like Indianapolis, homicide, stimulus check. I'm not going to get into all the details here because this is a solution-oriented platform and we will dive deep to figure out what the fuck is going on rather than, you know, whatever, talking in circles about the details, which are pretty fucking gruesome. I understand that most crime is based on proximity, but we can't act lawless amongst ourselves and in the same breath demand respect, right? We can't act like killing our babies and children is okay, and it's not something that I can stand for. I'm choosing, I'm actively choosing to be a voice for babies like six-year-old Chastity killed at an outdoor kids party in Miami or seven-year-old Eve Moore beautiful black lives money my friends me and duds told you guys that money is nothing you could rip up any amount of a dollar and it wouldn't mean anything do you know why even if there was a gold standard behind it I mean the weight would be bigger but I mean ripping up paper is ripping up paper like shit doesn't fall from the sky whatever the U.S. dollar is backed by a promise a promise from the U.S. government that we will remain strong enough to make this mean something as a country. I swear to you, you can Google this. Like, I, the gold st- standard has not existed in so long, probably before a lot of us were even exi- in existence. And so, Jesus Christ, like, when you think about that, it's like, from this perspective, it's clearly... A misinterpretation of value, value of self, value of things outside of self, value of other humans. Um, Money is a mentality, really. And I think that the black community has an unhealthy relationship with money on every level. From not feeling like we ever have enough, spending too much on a valueless thing, Uh, or something that will depreciate fast, like something that's not an asset but a liability. Having money and feeling like you can't spend it, spending on something you don't want to devalue, and that's like, I don't know if uh, how many of my listeners are 80s and 90s babies, but I definitely grew up in houses where my grandparents had plastic on the furniture. After, I think, damn, was it like 16 years, 17, 18 years? The plastic finally came off the furniture. And it actually preserved it. But you know how many naps I took and was stuck to the couch? My guy, like, you had to peel me off that bitch. I was sweating and then stuck to, like, it was a rough time. Like, (laughs) I tell you what, I'm not gonna do that to my grandkids. They just gonna have their own their own couch to to tear up, and when they tear it up in one another, I'm like, nope, you tore it up. That's your fault. I'ma sit on this one, and we gonna fight if you uh mess up the couch that you know the grown ups get to sit on. But whatever, that's a little tangent. But you see what I'm saying? Like it's deeper than rap, and I'm not gonna sit here and act like you know I have all the answers. 
I did study sociology and I do watch and, and study people <laughs> online, kind of. That's the way I think about it, I guess, because I'm a scientist. But if I could give my input and if you could give an open mind to listen, I think that in the black community, we fail to see and accept ourselves as valuable. Uh, and until we do, we will continue to struggle to get people outside of our community to understand us and understand why we are valuable. And I don't mean that in a superficial way, even though at my poorest in life, I was still wearing nice clothes. And that goes, you know, hand in hand with black people. It's black etiquette to always look nice and look our best. And, you know, uh, that turned into valuing materialistic aspects of life, I believe. And I'll use me as an example to stretch my point. You know, why was I wearing polo? Ralph Lauren, honestly, especially compared to ones like Hilfiger, Gucci, whatever, they are one of the truest companies in terms of their care for the black community. If it's not genuine, they do a pretty damn good job at making it seem so. Unlike other ones who are jumping on the bandwagon uh, late in life. Like, yeah, I'm not, that's not their time. I'm not giving free promo. (laughs) but basically what I'm saying is valuing things that don't really mean anything or hold any value by definition is is a weakness that we share in the black community going back to polo though I will put them in the same category as like Ben and Jerry's that's just a thought anyway support Brownage is a black owned bandage company established in 2018 free promo for small businesses black and brown businesses only that's how we do it on here. At the root of all this, though, again, it's a lesson in, in value. Why did I value polo? You know, why do people value diamonds over other gems or even gold? Uh, what gives something value? Uh, I was talking to an astrophysicist on Clubhouse once, and not once, but recently, because this was like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and I asked him, you know, what what gives something value? And in context, we were speaking about what makes currencies valuable, you know, from one country to the next, like what makes their currency valuable, etc. His answer was, value is created from utility and rarity. Utility and rarity. How well can we use it? How accessible is it? But that made me stop and think and, and, and truly go, damn. So I, I, I truly took a step back and was like, it's time to look within and stop trying to materialize our worth, you know? <clears throat> um, who actually cares about a Louis this or that? Like, in a life or death situation, that shit does not matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you get shot wearing Louis, you still got shot. If you crash your car and it's a Bentley, you still crash your car. Uh, And and honestly, those be the worst cases, honestly, because it's like, damn, how much do you pay for insurance on that bitch? You know what I'm saying? Like, what kind of coverage do you put on a Bentley? Like, that's crazy. It was expensive as hell to crash a fucking Toyota. Goddamn. <laughs> I, 
I pick up like accents from what I watch and listen to. So I think on one of the earlier episodes, I was binging Queen of the South and I had like a Spanish flair. Right now, I'm on 85 South, the podcast. Shout out to them boys. And I'm picking up their Atlanta jargon. Goddamn. <laughs> it's coming out everywhere. But yeah, anyway, value. Black people hold nearly 3 trillion buying power every fucking year. We don't make shit. We don't make shit compared to other races, okay? Especially if we get to talking about women versus men in terms of the pay scale. You know what I'm saying? But we spend $3 trillion every year, my nigga. You tell me how. You tell me how talking about i can't save this or that but we spend three trillion god all right (laughs) we spoke about this in death on the previous episode so please go back to the economic series and peep what i'm talking about but whatever black people like creates value the black culture in and of itself creates value from our music to our clothes to our food to hair care to skin care to self-care to education and that's just a little bit and i'm talking on levels that are crazy but somehow there's no black chef with michelin stars or not many i don't fucking know but the culinary industry is super fucking narrow in terms of that uh there's not many black designers we got like pierre moss uh, there's an up-and-coming uh, uh, luxury watch brand called Teleport. Um, but we have to put our trust in these brands in order to give them that luxury title. But we're still buying white people shit. And the white people shit is only cool because we said so. Because Migos wears Gucci and Louis and Fendi and Prada and... Uh, Versace and all of their videos you know what I'm saying and not just Migos but everybody you see what I'm saying on on like a massive scale there's very few people who create their own value the Tyler the creators who you know high fashion streetwear is what they fucking sell he has a deal with Converse like that's the type of shit that I'm talking about I I don't I don't I don't fuck with Kanye anymore, but I will say when he came out uh, with the Yeezy season one and brought out all the earth tone colors, my G Prada couldn't pull off beige the way that it carried through to the now people are still doing the natural tones, the earth tones. He kind of started that wave, bro, or restarted because it was hella colorful for a while. Anyway, anyway, I'm just saying. I'm not just talking about black Americans because, again, I I had a little more insight to what black people elsewhere outside this country are experiencing and how they're living. And in many ways, it's not very different. And this concept I'm speaking of is a, a universal global concept of black value, of, of black and brown value, of of color value, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I'm saying black because I am black, but I am trying to be inclusive. You see what I'm saying? Um, And I want you guys to actually answer these questions in your head. I'm even going to pause 
to to for a dramatic effect but i do want you to think about it what does value mean to you what are some examples of things you think are valuable what is the definition of value to you How valuable are you to yourself? How valuable are you to others? In addition, we have to end our relationship with shame as black people pertaining to how we see ourselves and how we see others within the community. This is back this goes back to some slave shit and it's some shit that we're still stuck in. They say slave mentality, it's not about bondage, it's about this psychological effects that have profoundly affected us since then, because of then, and un- <laughs> until we figure this shit out is going to keep happening and manifesting itself in more modern ways. You feel so that's just a little tidbit, but we spend money on things we think are luxurious because we are ashamed to not have it or the money to obtain it. That stuff doesn't actually provide happiness or value. You might think so, and hell yeah, it feels fucking good to have expensive fabric on your skin. I'm not saying it doesn't, but you don't need every t-shirt in your fucking drawer to cost $200. You feels that's fucking weird. <laughs> I from I've been training myself to think like an investor. So from this standpoint, like, uh, what did I read recently? I think EYL posted this on Instagram. Something along the lines of, you have a hundred dollars, you invest it into the market, and not too soon before long, you have two hundred dollars. You see your shirt. It costs $100, but technically, if you buy it, you lost 200 Why? Because your 100 could have been 200 if you so chose to invest it. You see what I'm saying? So that's the way I think. And that's why I said it's weird. <laughs> that stuff does not actually provide happiness or value. Um, when we can be comfortable with our truth and with ourselves, then the things will change around us and... Uh, We put our worth in material things and wonder why we feel worthless or why we're treated worthlessly. And I'm not saying, I am not saying that because we buy things is why we get shot by the police. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, if if we invested in ourselves, our communities, if we saw ourselves as valuable, things would be different from the outside in and the inside out. That's what I'm saying. And that is from a sociologist standpoint and not just someone talking on the radio waves. He feels like you got to rock with me here. I'm, I'm saying some deep shit and it's it can be offensive, but I feel like the more offensive it is, the more you, you need to hear it. Because if I'm offending you, I'm triggering you. And if it's a trigger, that's trauma that needs to be healed. Is that all that to say? All that stuff is for show, to show people you have something. The people I know that have a lot of money, they don't wear gaudy stuff. They wear 
fucking white tees and like cargo shorts and flip flops like thong flip flops like not even nike slides like i'm like wait (laughs) what are you saying and while yes it might be a polo v-neck white tee and like some polo obviously i like polo polo cargos that's still upper scale but it's still not that expensive you know what i'm saying like it's nice but it's not breaking your back I also heard from someone wise uh, giving advice about money. They said, don't buy anything if you can't buy it three times at once. What that means is if I go to a store and I'm like, damn, these shoes are fresh. They cost $200. If I don't have $600 to just spend and still be cool, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't, I have no business buying that shit that's the way we need to think this is all about mindset and perspective and I'm trying to hold up a mirror to show us you know some of some of the things that we might be overlooking or missing or I don't know what the fuck man but there needs to be more conversations about how to shift our mindset as a community and it can be done we've seen other communities do it and I think I think we can um what we need is financial education. We cannot talk about reparations as a black community because all we'll do is buy cars that will depreciate, expensive clothes, big houses with too many taxes. Ask basketball player Antoine Walker if financial literacy is important. That's not, I'm not throwing no shade, bro, but look at, you know, what happened. Antoine Walker. I used to love that homie. Trying not to say the N-word so much. <laughs> Just because there's times to use it and times to not. I feel like I don't want to use it as a general noun anymore. Anyway, uh, there's a difference between poor and broke. Most and many of us are broke. Meaning we can pay for bills and things we need for the most part. Which means we're not poor because poor would be the lack of you know the things that you actually need however every time we get a little bit extra we spend it immediately saving for months on on bills specifically is not something we practice what i mean by that is having a separate savings bank account where you put extra money away to pay for bills in the future um i have a bills account so I put my extra money in there, so I'll pay, like, my title bill three months in advance, which is $20 times three. Easy $60. I eat $60. I I try to match what I spend on on things that can actually get me ahead. I'm not thinking about title for three months right now, like, and it's not coming out of my account, and I'm not scared or (laughs) my heart don't flutter when... Is due dates, and I'm wondering if I got enough money in my account. Nah, I keep money in there. There's always money in there. Um, That's just a tip for y'all. But investing money into high-yield savings accounts is something we don't practice. We have an episode on that, the economic series. Um, Learning and investing in stocks and bonds is not something we practice. These are the things we need to get comfortable discussing before we can utter words like reparations it would be devastating to actually receive reparations and watch the black community piss it away with our 
you know, need for luxury, but giving it to white companies instead of our own, instead of owning our own, employing our own, creating our own, educating our own emphasis on ownership. Ownership makes you wealthy. The people at the top don't work. Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, they rely on people to work for them. Where are my black people that think like that? Pat yourself on the back. I'm, I'm not saying we should all think like that. I'm not saying that we all have to think like that. I'm just saying that'll help us get ahead, you know? I, if, if not anything. I had a profound conversation with my cousin. I guess I should give a little background, huh? Back in 2011, October, we experienced the death of my uncle through gun violence. And his, his son's always felt like brothers to me. I always wanted brothers, never, <laughs> never got any, especially because they still feel like my brothers in many ways, especially because of, and especially because we share the common theme of not having dads. My dad passed away 10 months after my uncle. Um, I was a junior and senior in high school. That was, uh, that was not fun, but this is what I mean by trauma in the black community, right? My story is not unique in many ways. However, in many ways it is. I'm the only person I know with this outside my family. So um, this story, I mean, um, and while it is a tragic one, I, my Scorpio placements in most planets, including Pluto, my relationship with pain is much different um, than most people. My relationship with my emotions are very different than most people. So uh, I don't think <laughs> many people could have gone through what I've gone through and, and come out, you know, this strong. Uh, so I do pride myself in that, but I do regret not going to therapy. And so I would extend that and say the black people, the black community needs to heal from things way bigger than themselves, including the things that we experience on the personal basis and we cannot do it alone and it won't go away if we ignore it so yeah in this conversation me and my uncle's son Mick uh we talk about a lot um our feelings on certain things uh I will say Philadelphia is is still going crazy with the murders actually I think uh let me pull up the statistic Mick sent me on Instagram Today, and, and this was, uh, this was sent yesterday and posted five days ago. Today in Philadelphia, an 11-year-old was shot and killed. This is the 114th person murdered in Philadelphia this year, in comparison to 87 this time last year. Last year was the deadliest year in 30 years. We've already increased those numbers by 31%. We are on day 85 out of 365. That's more than one person killed each day this year in Philly alone. Um, and that is devastating. Uh, and we, we get into that. Um, so here is the conversation with me and Mick. Enjoy, and I'll be back. So we were talking about well, I guess on Instagram, I posted, like, where's Black Lives Matter when black people kill each other? And I'm not trying to sound like 
pretentious like the white people and they throw it back at us like i'm honestly wondering like why we can't hold each other accountable as like people outside the community basically because if we don't lead by example of how we should be treated like if we don't actually value ourselves and our our lives within our community then the rest of the people we're trying to convince with this Black Lives Matter movement, like, they will never see our value. Um, and you were, like, one of the only ones to comment on that, so you, you want to dive yeah, in? You know, I, just, I just feel like, uh, like, when it's, when it's a cop, the black man from, like, any neighborhood, it's, it's, it's a protest, but when it's, like, a, a 27-year-old black male versus a 18-year-old black male or 21-year-old black male is like, all right, well, we live to see, like, I live to see another day, so we'll just move on from it. I feel like, like, uh, we skip, we skip, like, it's, it's all right to kill a black brother in the neighborhood, but if a white guy, white cop, pull over on the block and shoot a black kid to death, we protest, or a black uh, man, we protest, and as we should. But I feel like it should be like we should hold each other to the same standard as we hold a cop. I feel like we we are racist to ourselves, basically. Like we we don't care about each other, but we care like when another race do it. That's that's how my stance on it. Yeah, I I totally agree with that because it's it's almost not almost it's totally hypocritical. But it's also like I was saying before, like. If you don't show people how to treat you, then they're never going to learn. And I, 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 some people are going to be like, well, it's not my job to sit here. Well, if you think about our history in America, black people, we came here being treated like shit. And that hasn't stopped since. So, yes, we do have to play some type of part in this. We can't rely on them to just get it. It's been 400 fucking years. You're going to keep waiting for them to get it? I'm not, like, I'm not, I don't care about that. But I feel like simply valuing a life in a way and valuing community in the way that would eliminate crime on our own instead of increasing police activity and shit because we know that's, you know, just aroused. But, like, 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 as far as, in the own community as far as doing better. I don't, it's, it's like we're not bridging the gap. We're bridging the gap between cops and the black community, but not the black community and the black community or the or the, guy, or the guy that lives up the street. Exactly. The woman that lives the block. We're not doing that. I just, I just feel like the, the, the cop or the city or the, the police department, we're bridging that gap, but we're not bridging the gap on our own. As far as black on black, I feel like we we, we bridging the gap on black versus white, and and what it, it's never going to be perfect, or it's never going to be what we want it to be if we don't bridge the gap with black and black. We we're in our own community killing ourselves and killing the next brother, or because of the disagreement and killing the next sister by accident because you don't like somebody down the block, and, and that's crazy because we're gonna protest. When a cop do it, why the cop is a human just like the black brother is a human. There's no different. He just wear a badge and a black brother works somewhere else. So I feel like we should bridge the gap between black and black community. Like the black on black crime, we should bridge that gap. And then bridge the cop gap, even though bridging either one of those gaps is 
uh, places like Philly and Chicago, parts of New York, Baltimore, like, there's no code of ethics, there's no morals, and I don't even think there's definition to words like ethics, morals, and values for, you know, like, these dudes, like, pulling the trigger. I was having a conversation with my, with my cousin, and he was saying, like, they don't even realize that what they're able to do at the end of the day is a skill, but is it a skill if you're using it against your own brothers? And and is it wisdom or is it even, you know, justified because you can't see the value in him? Like, dudes, quote-unquote, hit a lick, you know, get a body, and they glorify it. You feel me? Like, like a lot of them are, you know, they make music and they'll rap about it or, like, just all over social media with it, whether they, like, you know... I don't know, bro. Like, I can't yeah. even speak on it, really. Okay, I'm, I'm going to break it down. So, we want justice, or we want it to be right. Right? But we're we're basically saying white people, or whoever else, the cop, the white white cop, don't, don't kill me, black boy. No, 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 don't do that. But black boy or black man, you kill black brother. It's like we glorify that part, and then we want justice on the other part. It's the same thing. Still taking a life, regardless of the situation. I feel like, like on black crime, it's like we, we we want justice for it, but we don't do take the steps to get justice for it. That's that's how I feel. Like it, it really is like you can't really break it down or make it make sense because it don't make sense. Yeah, I don't want nobody to kill me. Black, white, brown, blue, whatever. I don't want nothing to kill me. But to say if you kill me, I'm gonna hold you to this standard, and if you kill me. I'm going to hold you to this standard. It, that's like, it's, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I, I can't explain it. Lost words. Honestly, it tells me from like a sociology standpoint that in many ways, we've taken on race over humanity. We've taken on the fact that, you know, we're different. We're going to stay different. But now I'm either going to use that against you or use it to disregard you like it's and 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 to be clear race and literally like race was a social is a social construct like it did not exist at one point you feels like so (laughs) like it was created to have words like superior inferior majority minority it it was created to to place one over the other but yeah. it turned out that one is above all of them all like <laughs> there's only one superior race and all the rest are minorities like that doesn't make any fucking sense yeah like like speaking on from like on a race or the things it's like you can't say it's been controlled but you can kind of say it's been formed into a way where there's superior race and then everything else is just below and then it's like it just like they hold themselves to a different standard and then everybody below is like you get even like in the news you get put in the news like they use certain words they use with minorities that they won't use with the other kind or other kind of race or ethnicity yeah that's and media it, racial it, bias yeah it's like it's like black ball in one race or going down one reason picking up another and it's and it's like a, a race that like you can never catch up 
it's so fucked up because I read like the headlines and the articles of some of these stories just for perspective as long as I can handle it. But like the what I posted about was in reference to uh, what happened in Indianapolis where a black man killed like four or five members of his baby mother's family, including her oldest daughter, uh, who was only seven, by the way. Um, so not to get into detail, because like, that's not what this is for. But just to say, like, I was the only one who spoke on that, really. And I don't know if like, I was the only one to really see the article because it wasn't publicized. But the following like a couple days later, we had the white gunman uh, shoot up the spot. And I think it was Georgia. And they were saying it was Asian hate crime. And I'm not trying to take light away from that at all. But that was highly publicized. Like, everybody was talking about that. But I'm like, but damn, like, but black lives only matter if a white life takes it or a quote-unquote blue life. Like, that's some bullshit. Um, As far as as that, it's it's, it's like it's blackball when you you throw the other race under the bus and you push the narrative that it's hate against another race like you do you do the whole situation in Indianapolis to the side you enlighten the Georgia situation where you can enlighten both at the same time like why are we acting like we got one track minds and shit like we can't multitask like most of the people is glued in their phones and is multitasking on the low like you feel me like just I was at the airport Everybody was on their phone. Old people, young people, moms, dads, like all ages, like babies. Like I was like, yo. And I didn't want to use my phone because I was planning to watch a movie on the plane. And so like I was just chilling, just watching everybody not watch their surroundings. <laughs> it was so it was some crazy it's like, shit. It's like the like like people as a whole were crashing out, like believing ourselves to fall off like like I I watch Eric Thomas the Preacher a lot, and in one of his videos at the George Floyd situation, he was like, it's cool to post these three days while it's trending on this week or this two weeks, but it took Martin Luther King a hundred and something days, wrote, excuse me, my bad, wrong facts, it took Rosa Parks a hundred and something days to overturn that rule with her sitting in the back and to make it fair with us. It's two weeks, and then it's gone. It's on to the next topic. It's on to the next trend. That's the only thing. I, that's the only thing with us is, like, we're leaving ourselves to crash out. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, it's important for these two weeks, but after this two weeks, we don't care what happened, or we're just going to be ignorant to the fact, or we're, we're not going to post this anymore. This is not what's cool anymore. Exactly, like, and that's we, it. That's the, it right the there. That's the whole, that's, like, that's the thing. Like, if, if we're going to protest, it got to be. For the four year, they gotta see like, are right, they bro? They not going away, but every time, all right, they they two weeks and then it's gonna be done. Like the, the situation cool down, and, and that's sad. That's the only thing about the black community that, that that's really crazy. Is like two weeks and then the situation is over. Like if we're, we're going to stand up and do it, let's do it. Let's stand up and really do it. Yeah. Like like I just said, it took Rosa Park a hundred and something days. And the Rain boycott, shit. the the bus Rain boycott shit. was over a year. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna do something, make them feel it. Don't two weeks, two weeks. That's not you tapping them. 
You tapping them, and they know we go away with money. Well, look, look what happened with Brianna uh, Taylor and George Floyd. So far, they threw money at the families, millions of dollars, and yeah, you still hear stuff, but not at the same rate. And even then, like they're not the only ones. And even then, like there is hundreds of black people dying at the hands of other black people as well. Like we have to be able to confront ourselves. We have to turn the mirror upon ourselves. Like. There's not going to be any incremental change until we do so. And that is almost a promise. And simply because I study human behavior and we it, it's very much on a pattern and it's very much on a linear and logical scale. Like you can very much go, this is causal of that. A equals B. Like, like these are the answers, but we have to pay attention to what's happening. I don't blame the short attention span on black people specifically. I think that's a modern human thing. I think technology is what shortened our attention spans and the fact that we have so much shit at our convenience as a result of technology. But the thing about technology is we get to choose our content. And I think that's to most people's detriment. I think most people are absorbing shitty content and it's making them... (laughs) In turn, I'm sorry, be shitty. Being inactive, being quiet, not being aware, whether it's of yourself, of your surroundings, of the people you love, like not being aware is fucked up. And I'm going to say that because we stopped operating on a communal level a couple decades ago. Uh, when I was little, our block was a family. Morton Street, Germantown, Philadelphia. What's up? We were a family. We still are family. My neighbors, we call each other's cousins to this day. Like, and it, it was like that. We knew the whole, uh, the whole next block over, five blocks down, forward, backwards, and to the other side. And that's just a testament to being aware of your fucking surroundings. You know what I'm saying? Even like the junkies and the crackheads in our neighborhood who are probably still alive and well still. Like, every time I go back, I see the same ones. Like, But they were also honored in the community by way of, like, getting favors done. Like, cut my grass, da 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 But nobody was fucking with them. You didn't ever see nobody try to pick on or bully or clown or, like, be violent toward anybody you feels and if you did they had to answer to the ogs of the neighborhood straight up like yeah as far as community i think we lost that because now everybody on their hill like they don't know if i can trust my neighbor anymore because it's been a hundred neighbors and out of a hundred of them only one been cool or out of a hundred of them only one don't got no problem like, it's, it's hard for, like, it's no community. Honestly, it's just, like, somewhere you call home or somewhere you live. Like, it, it, you can't, I, I don't know, it's like, you always only have, especially in Philadelphia. Like, in Philadelphia, I don't even think we had 100 days yet. It's been 100 homicides, though. And and, and so how, how can I, how can you trust someone or, or even open up to somebody when you always only hear, well, if this person, do this person have intent to kill? If this person, someone God sent to do this for me? Like, I, I, like it's, it's hard for people. And as far as Philadelphia, it's like kind of sad. Where you just see, like, it's, it's kids, 
but I, I probably have seen 10 plus kids die this year alone. Like, I'm talking two year olds, one year olds. I'm talking an 18 year olds, 15 year old. I just got a text, uh, 11 year old and a 14 year old got uh, shot in Oxford Circle and one in a critical condition. Like, that, that's insane. Like, I'm getting that at 10, 10 05 on March. I don't know the date, date March 26. Like, that's sad that I just came from outside. I'm 15 years old. How do you think that made me feel when I'm getting a text? Somebody, like, a, these kids, it's like, where are the old heads or the OGs that's supposed to be protecting the community? Or where's these people that's Black Lives Matter protecting the community and standing up? That's the only problem, like, I have. is like, we in the black community, let's bridge the gap between that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure a white man didn't just shoot those two kids. And I'm pretty sure nobody's going to protest downtown about it. I'm pretty sure we're not going to get justice for that case. And that's that's the sad part about this whole thing. That's the sad part about the black-on-black violence in the community. I think the cops are getting tired of it. The district attorney is probably getting tired of it. Like, it's sad. I really don't know what to say. I, like, I don't even know what to say. And it's just like, damn, like, I don't want to sit here and criticize nobody, really. Like, I really don't. I'm just wondering why the Black Lives Matter movement is only about community when it's about police brutality. Like, we got to try to get through to what's going on here. And I I don't have the answers, so I'm opening the floor for, you know, any, any fucking ideas, especially from people who live in communities like Chicago and Philly that kind of mirror each other with the senseless violence and... You know, just people turning up dead and with no answers, like, and and nobody really trying to find answers and nobody willing to come forth and snitch because that's an endless cycle of, well, I'm going to shoot you in the face and if I can't find you, I'm going to shoot whoever is related to you. And what the fuck, man? I thought our lives matter, bro. I, I really... That's what I'm saying. If, if my brother... I call you, if you my brother, we both black, and we supposed to be trying to show another ethnicity to value us, and me and you don't value each other, how are we going to do that? If mom, if mom and dad don't love each other, how is how is the son that we have supposed to know how to love? How is how are you supposed to teach what you can't show? Mm. Like, look at it from that perspective. How, how can I tell my son, yo, go throw, go throw a ball? in the ocean, but I, I don't got no arm to show you, you just got to figure it out. That's, like, we, we miss being each other. Like, we're, we're bridging, like I said earlier, we're bridging the gap between cop and black community, but we're not bridging the gap between black community and black community and black brother and black sister and black sister and black brother. That's the only problem. I feel like sometimes, from the outside looking in, black Americans look fucking insane. <laughs> like... We spent how long with the civil rights movement? Uh, Black Panthers fought so hard, and and we we created a whole movement out of police killing black people, but we won't march when we kill ourselves. Um, I think we boldly need to define what value is and what morals are within our community. You know, like Biggie had the Ten Crack Commandments, like the 10 black commandments like what the fuck let's let's go like 
I'm probably going to get a team of people together and try to put that together for real because we need to let that energy spill out to other people instead of trying to convince them till we blew in the face that our lives matter. Meanwhile, we go behind our own backs and shoot each other. Like, that's some fucked up psychology. That's some fucked up shit. And bottom line is all black people need therapy. And the more you say you don't, the more you do. That's a fact because I went off on a tangent. I was supposed to be following <laughs> a script. Um, but I'm just saying, we need to teach people how to treat us. And no, we shouldn't have to, but, you know, people who talk in that type of shit, what are your solutions, bro? Like, don't knock anything unless you actually, you actually have a better idea. Because until the moment we prove our, our lives matter to ourselves within our community, we can't expect anyone outside our community to believe and respect that. And we see that they don't, for real. Even when we follow up with proper litigation uh, or, or homicides, and they throw money at us, and that is always good enough because we like money more than we like ourselves. And we don't like ourselves when we don't have money. And that is quite the bone to pick. That is quite the fucking bone to pick. I don't care where in the city you are. Where's the gap? As long as you don't value yourself or don't value the people around or don't value the people who, who stick together or are with you, anyone from the outside looking in will never value. And, and speaking to the black community right now, if we don't value each other in our own community, why would the top outside of the community care? Well, he just clocking in for eight hours so he could go home and see his family. Why, why would he come to the to the community for eight hours and really care if you don't care just take that into account i will also say back when we had a bigger sense of community not saying that there wasn't police brutality but you hear stories like um miss pat the comedian will explain how, how growing up in atlanta officer smiley was her friend like he brought them food because he know they didn't eat on the weekends because there was no school on the weekends you feel so I'm not trying to I'm not trying to simp for cops. I'm not trying I'm just saying when we reflect the community and care for each other, for ourselves, for our neighbors, we saw that reflection in different places. No, not everywhere. No, not everywhere. But it wasn't on this level of of chaos. Like and and, and, and all I wanna say is it's still black lives matter to this day. I still advocate when I go out, I, I go to a predominantly white school. I still advocate all the time. I still break it down to people outside the culture all the time. But I'm breaking it down to the people in, in the culture, the people in the community, to tell you why you, your brother, why you, your sister, why you, the community, and someone on the outside world value it or they have started to value it. Because right now, we're not valuing ourselves as we see, as we speak. I, I can I can go to a popular page in Philly, no guns on it right here. Here this is this is within the last the last two hours. A Frankfurt shooter leaves eighteen year old man dead, eighteen years old. He can't even turn twenty one. He didn't even drink yet. Here's the second one that I pointed to earlier, eleven year old boy shot, killed in Oscar Circle, double shooting. That is that is an hour ago. And then an hour ago, seven shot at golf and social bar in Philadelphia, so we're not valuing ourselves. I bet you not one white man pulled the trigger tonight in those last two hours that we just got those updates. So I just say that to say 
buy your community before you want anybody else to buy you. Because that, that's that's not Black Lives Matter. That's, that's nine people, ten people shot. Two kid, three kids, 11-year-old, 14-year-old, and 18-year-old, and seven adults. That's ten people shot. And one confirmed dead. That is not value in the black community at all. No, it's not. How would you define value in general? And I think it would encompass, like, ultimately lives. But, like, what do you, right. in right. your words, what, what does value mean? Care for one another. Simple, like, it's, it's simple. If I, if I care for my brother, if I care, for, if I value Black Lives Matter movement, and, and I go and shoot somebody, that's not value, that's not value in Black Lives Matter movement. So value your brother, meaning love your brother, care for your brother, protect your brother. Value your sister, love your sister, care for your sister, protect your sister. Value your community, love your community, protect your community, care for your community. Value. If we, if we don't value each other, nobody will. Value each other. Love, care, and protection. That's value in someone. Loyalty. But if, if we don't value, if I don't if I don't value the 11-year-old or 14-year-old boy that's aspiring to do anything in his life, that's, that's, that's not fair. You, you didn't value that little boy. That little boy's mom, that little boy's mom, got dad. The, the, the little boy died. Like, how would that value on Black Lives Matter? Huh? Like, I, I think, like, 95% guarantee that a, a white man did not pull that trigger tonight and it was a black on black crime. And 10 people were shot. Ten. That's not value in the community. I can't, I can't scream Black Lives Matter. If the cops shoot 10 people, Today, tomorrow, the next day, it'll be a hundred riots everywhere. But protesting, protesting. My bad. There's it, it, no such thing as a riot. What is? But nice not, correction. Not when it comes to civil. Yeah, I don't know why the news throws it out there. That, that's media bias. But back to what I was saying. The, the Philadelphia Police Department shot 10 people in over a day or those two hours. It, there'd be a lot of marches, a lot of fists in the air. But a black man or a few black men just did that and there's probably won't be no fist in the air that's won't a fact no, won't, yeah. be, won't be no long instagram crash it won't be won't be on the, won't be on the news for more than two days or a day that's good and then, then everybody's desensitized to it like we can't sit here and act like being lawless amongst yeah, like, ourselves like, 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 wait, wait, before you say that like i just said that and i didn't i didn't really break a tear like that's sad that's sad. Like, I didn't break a tear that 10 people were shot today. 10 people almost lost their life today or, or could be about to lose their life. Like, we it, in the black community, that, that's not even trauma. That's that's regular. 10 more people might get shot tomorrow. It still it, is trauma. It's bad. It's, it's bad. It still is trauma, even if we, we do seem it regular. Like, the fact that, I, and I bet that, you know, a lot of people in Philadelphia are very easily triggered. Why? Because of all that fucking chronic trauma. And I was saying, like, you can't act lawless amongst your own community and in the same breath demand respect, inside or outside your community. Like, that is insanity. Like, we can't act like killing babies and children of our own is okay. And, like, I won't stand for it. And come at me if thou wilt, but I'm choosing to be a voice for babies like... And it's not even just in Philadelphia, bro, because six-year-old Cassidy was killed at an outdoors kids party in Miami not too yeah, long I'm, ago. And this I'm, was Ball Gray Greasy's I'm, niece or something like that. And then... 
speaking on the last two hours. I'm just that's that's what I, I just I know, I, and that's wild. That, that's, hours. that's all I'm speaking on. No, no, no wonder, no uh, telling what happened this this past three months. So I, I'm that that's just a day. That's just five hours, a two hour span. And what that must be doing to your psyche, I can't even imagine. Uh, honestly, I, and I know, you know, I talked to my other cousins who are teenagers, and sh- I know, I know you guys are going through it, and I'm trying my best to kind of not, not even. I don't want to say lead by example because I'm not in the same situation. My parents took me out of Philadelphia for a reason. They really did. They didn't see no future for their girls there. And that is heartbreaking because nothing makes me feel like home. Like, just simply, bro, I don't even have to land in Philly. Just flying through the air and seeing the city skyline is like, is I can't explain the comforting of like a hometown. And it's different when you never leave. And it's different when you go back. And it's very different for us. Um, cause we experience gun violence in our family and we know the opposite side of what it's like to be on the opposite side of these articles and headlines of bl- a blank year old man shot and killed or fatal homicide and, you know, fucking caution tape and, 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 and cop lights. Like I th- I think of grandma all the time. I don't, I don't know if I really truly process like how many triggers that caused for her just having to stay in the city and and stay in the neighborhood for for a couple years later, like, <sighs> bruh. And both my grandmothers lost their oldest sons, so I'm coming from a place where it's like, like. <laughs> You talk about trauma, but losing people. Like, that's like that's literally the worst thing on this world. To value taking another life, that means that you, you know that living is the ultimate luxury. So you value people who shoot people? My, my G, like, you're backwards. That's literally fucking backwards. You should be valuing people who creates better living for others. And there's tens of thousands of black people out there doing that for us. But at the same time, it's like, when are we gonna have a movement? When are we gonna have a conversation about, like you said, bridging a gap between ourselves? And damn. Takeaway this in, in order to get change, we're gonna need to bridge the gap between ourselves and then outside. Like if if me and my sister don't got a good bond, how are we gonna go outside and, and, and show other people and, and gain some friends? If we outside smacking each other or we outside yelling back and forth, they not gonna buy you once they gonna say yo. But they don't even value each other. They don't even love for each other. How how are they gonna bring somebody else in and, and and gain friendship and gain someone trust and gain someone love and something like that? Like it, it's just we we gotta care for ourselves first 
and and that starts with caring between like like the community. If if the community like we can't we can't change anything if we don't care. Excuse me for ourselves. I agree. I got some homework for you. Um because we could totally try to try to put something together and by we I mean everybody in my network and and all your thoughts and ideas and I can also talk to my other cousins up there but um in terms of what would the conversation look like so if I were to you know harness all the powers within me and and get a conversation going with pivotal people in the community, meaning, you know, some of the leaders of these movements, if I can sit them down for a minute, if you have their ear, what what type of things would you say? What type of uh, ideas would you present as yourself on behalf of the community you're from? And you don't have to answer that right now. I want you to, like, think on it. We'll, we'll follow up this conversation maybe next month or the following month, but... Um, I, I really want you to think on that, and, and I'm going to follow up because I'm not the one to sit here and be like, well, where's the superheroes? I, I will volunteer to try to do some shit, and uh, I intend to do so. So, uh, yeah, man, let's let's be the change that we want to see. Let's, let's be real pillars in our community. You about to be the next Kaepernick, bro. You want to tell the people what you do for a living? <laughs> oh, yeah. Your 15 year old self? Yeah, 15 year old probably kill like I'm about 20. Yeah, okay. seeing a physical therapist right now that made my whole day i started today yeah so but I, I i also aspire to change the community too like i want i want to bridge the gap between our community but it's i don't know like you, you want to think positive i just before you leave this i think this is my third time saying value your sister value your brother so like we're talking like the community because i think this a lot of community listen to this like especially black community Value, value your brother, value your sister. If you don't value yourself or value the people around you or value the community, no one else will. I think we, everybody has seen it. Everybody saw it out there. We never do it. That's perfect. The only thing I add to that is one word. Loudly. Value your sister. Loudly. Value your brother. Loudly. Value your community. Loudly. And what I mean by that is my roommate and I are loud about how we buy black and why we buy black and where we buy black and sharing those resources. I'm loud about it everywhere. I'm loud about it in my workplace. I'm loud about it to my friends and family. I'm loud about it to the neighbors. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like I, we got to ride so hard for ourselves that it doesn't even like, we kind of forget that we're trying to convince people. You feel me? Like we, you, you feel what I'm saying? Like, we ride so hard that we're so distracted in the joy from giving to one another that we then at the same time change how people perceive us as a community 
and we won't even realize that we just change the whole shit just by looking within and on every level everybody says that and it sounds cliche like look within yourself and start with yourself but that is the fucking truth because nothing is more real than the law of attraction and manifestation call me what you want but I'm living proof of it you feel me like (laughs) I am well taken care of I am highly favored and I have angels and I say that because it's fucking true like (laughs) like, I I would be damned if I'd say anything else like I didn't I didn't get here alone the hardest part of my life I will say I had to deal with on my own like when we were talking about loss uh your pops died 10 months before mine I was a junior and then a senior when mine passed away so like like bruh you you think you don't have to say to the people around you like I need a hug or like just chill with me or like but I didn't have nobody like I was a strong friend I guess everybody assumed that I was fine but I needed therapy I needed a friend I needed someone to be like you know what this is shitty but I'm always gonna be right here like nobody said that and sure, I wasn't emotionally avel- developed enough to, to ask for that that directly. But I also almost expected it because you were talking about loyalty and caring. And I just didn't feel that from people around me. And that sucked. But that is why I ride so hard with this. And that's why, like, I truly believe, like, we have to be the voice for the voiceless. All of it, like, stand, t- stand ten toes down about everything. Especially yeah, the shit you put your name on. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching something that's going on wrong and you don't see nothing, you just be a bystander. Where's the person doing it? Because you're not, you're not shining light on what's wrong. If you just sit around and, and watch something go the wrong way, you don't shine no light on it. And you should, you should reevaluate yourself, and and you should be thinking about what you are as a person, or or just dig deep, dig deep. That's that's all I can say. I think people are afraid of digging deep, but honestly, there's beautiful things when you dig deep, you feel me? You dig deep enough, you're going to hit water, you f- or you're going to hit gold, you're going to hit precious diamonds, the shit that we value, you feel me? Including water. And, and another thing, without, as, as you said, diamond, without no pressure, there's no, never going to be no diamond. We never put, we never put pressure on the community, we're never gonna be perfect. We're never gonna get a gem. We're never gonna get a diamond. It's never gonna. The community never gonna shine bright. Mm-hmm. We're never gonna shine bright if we don't, we don't come together as a community and put pressure on the people. So I'm glad you said diamond because without no pressure, no diamond. So like if how we put pressure on the cops and made them change and made them ease up a little bit from killing us. That's what we should do in the black community. So I'm glad you said that without no pressure. Without, without, without no pressure, there's no diamond. I like that a lot. Yeah, man, that was a cool conversation. Shout out to Mick. This is the first time that I ever recorded the intro before having the conversation. So I, I didn't get to listen to the conversation before I recorded the intro and introduced everything. But I did want to say I sounded so out of it. And that's because I was. It was a Friday night. 
I was exhausted and in pain from the week, but like hella mumbly before my passion about the topic kicked in. So sorry about that. But I also wanted to say and clarify that um, when I say the black community has to show others how to treat us, I mean leading by example and teaching each other within a community like how to lead with love and how to respect one another and ourselves, how to value ourselves and find value in one another and what that even means and dignity, bro. Like we can't stop screaming, love us, we matter while we visibly hate ourselves. Like every time we kill each other, they inherently say, see, see who cares? They don't like it kills me inside. Like, we can do this. Like, I believe in us as a community. And as a community, my idea toward this is, like, a systematic response as a community. Like, whenever anyone from the community dies, we react the same. If uh, if we lose a, a person from the LGBT plus community that is also of color, especially black, if we see ki- if we see each other dying, you know, in our own neighborhoods at the hands of, you know, other black people, we should react the same. If a mass shooter attacks a, pro- a protected group, we should react the same. When a cop kills an unarmed person and uses excessive force, the response should be universal. To make the point of my life is valuable, period. It's a declaration and it's a demand of universal respect. We don't need a movement. We just need to lead with love and actually care for each other. Like, we can do it. It's, it's simply just reminding and remembering because we've been there before. In my lifetime, we've been there before. Like, how much, <laughs> how much of this shit is engineered? But anyway, all of our movements have been co-opted. In fact, they already have the framework of how they're going to knock our movements down before they even come to fruition. And that's on J. Edgar Hoover, oh fat fuck. (laughs) I hate that guy, bro. Dude, anyway, fuck him, no airtime. But yeah, how long did it take Black Black Lives Matter to get co-opted? And by co-opted, I mean taken over by, or an attempt to take over by some other phrase or group of people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in addition to the fact that there are people in Russia that are able to buy BLM advertisements on social media to drive racial tension further, like, fuck this shit, man. What needs to happen it does not need you to get on a computer at all. It just needs for you to shift your perspective and open your heart a little bit. Love thy fucking neighbor, or whatever the Bible says. Jesus Christ. (sighs) We need to heal, bro. Like, the stuff that we see going down in the black community is nothing but chronic trauma. Across generations, across lifetimes, across decades in, in, in people's lives. Like, you could talk to any black person on the street, like, walk up to anybody, they have lost or sacrificed something, something, I guarantee it, I haven't met a black person that I have not, so I'm like, yo, like, we, man, you bring up therapy and everybody's asses get tight, like, 
what the hell is wrong with y'all in, in, in talking and in, in trying to find solutions? Like, we need to heal. How do you think you're going to get there by being silent and keeping it bottled in? You're just going to spontaneously combust in the form of tense muscles, heart attacks, diabetes, autoimmune diseases, cancer. Like, let me tell you how the mind, body, and soul are, are connected as one. They're not separate at all. That's something that we decided to think as humans, but everything is connected to one another. Like, ah, this needs to be a whole nother episode. I'm gonna have to get a fucking medical professional to help me drive my point here. But anyway, mind, body, and soul are connected. And you can definitely perpetuate a disease starting with your mind. You can also heal something with your mind. And knowing how powerful our minds are is only half the battle. If you look around, everyone has depression, anxiety, but everyone is also glued to their phone like it's going to fall off. Like, bro, it's, it's, it's all connected. It's all connected. And I was in the middle of it. Just as uh, I released this last season, I was like, ugh, I was feeling that, you know, anxiousness and whatever. I'm not on Twitter much anymore. I'm not on Snapchat at all. Really just Instagram. Clubhouse, I was addicted for two weeks and then fell off. Like, my mind is so much more clear because I have full control of it. There's not this constant absorption of information and it's liberating I get to choose what I'm looking at 100% of the time and you think that yeah I choose my followers and stuff I used to say the same thing but there's always bullshit that finds its way somehow you know I used to always try to go off and rants and I was like why am I wasting my time and my thoughts here like this is not productive, and it literally wasn't, because without being on it, I'm so much more productive. It's fucking insane. And more available to do shit like read books, find articles to read, educate myself. And I'm not saying that pretentiously, because I don't think that's everyone's thing to be a student of life, but, like, some some people like to draw and, and paint and, like, make... I don't know, people like to do shit, but I feel like a lot of time is wasted on social media. <sighs> wow, that was a tangent. Anyway, we in communities that have been socially engineered to have no resources, to make us crabs in a bucket, to make us pinned against each other, we in these communities... Need to figure out how to reach and actually get through to these dudes with no morals or ethics killing people in our neighborhoods, which results in stray bullets killing babies and children, innocent people that don't have anything to do with any of that bullshit going on. Uh, and I'm driving this point uh, because of where I'm from and because of what happened to my family and because I think there's a misconception that every dude in the hood kills another brother and sister, goes to jail. Or has repercussions and that's not true at all well not in real time because universally karma has its own way of coming back so I'm not even on that but I'm just saying homicide cases often are unsolved 
especially within our black and brown neighborhoods, even with increased police. So what they're doing is not stopping crime at all. But um, I don't know. From our experience, there's no hope of finding the person who took away our loved one. And that's a different type of grief, first of all. And second of all, especially because there's that uh, unspoken rule that you just don't snitch. So on top of everything, it's just like, damn, even if like, you know, anyone knew anything, they're going to their grave with it. So yeah, it's, it's fucked up, man. It's barbaric for real. We own some Viking shit for real. Swords would have been cooler, more brave. Guns is fucking dumb, bro. Ugh. Which I'm not against. I like shooting shit too, but like not people. What the fuck? Like some sadistic shit, bro. Like it's not tough. <laughs> Fight with your hands. That's fucking tough. Get beat in your face with no weapons. That's fucking tough. <laughs> For real. Like, why don't you go actually be an assassin and kill people who actually are, like, quote-unquote bad and, like, hurt people? Like, why don't you be the dude who killed Saddam Hussein or some shit? Like, really, you shooting in your hood and calling yourself a soldier? What the fuck? Also, the last president had zero assassination attempts. Like, seriously? Y'all, y'all are tough, though? Karma, bro. Karma. The universal concept of time is not something we fully understand as humans, so I am patient in a very special way. What did Jay-Z say? Murder is a tough thing to digest, and I ain't got nothing but time. That's some real shit. Black-on-black crime is a form of slavery mentality. This behavior was taught to us by our oppressor, and we gotta pay attention. Fuck being woke. Just wake the fuck up. Like, <laughs> As soon as we do anything, we're up on the news and they're quick to use negative words to dehumanize us compared to a white man who can shoot dozens of people at one time within seconds and he had a bad fucking day or deep mental issues or some shit. But it's never even anything particularly wild either. I've seen black people in the hood overcome way more than these psycho killers that have quote-unquote mental problems so that's bullshit we're forgetting about human will we're forgetting about humanity at all like at yo who do we think we are as humans like yo we i'm i'm fucking dead this shit is all backwards go do some homework about history and watch how j edgar hoover moved And then we can talk about, you know, (laughs) white supremacy. (laughs) Like, this shit is deep-rooted. This shit is doctrinated. This shit is a recipe for actual disaster. And they've been using it on us for years, for decades. And we don't even realize it. We're like rats, lab rats in a maze and do in the middle of experiments and shit we just in the shit like oh shit let me rah rah let me try to but we don't even really look up nigga the wall stop like we are in a box like once you realize you're in the bucket you'll act different than panicking you feels like i don't know man that 
I'm tired of analogies at this point. This shit is fucked up. I'm tired. My people are tired. I also think we should pay attention to exactly how much violence was taught to us from a certain group of individuals. Because that shit is not our nature. I've studied us uh, in our history and culture beyond slavery, like way before. You know how they talk about Mansa Musa and and kings and queens and and yes all the shit jay-z and beyonce and nipsey hustle be talking about that shit is real i know that hollywood depicted uh egyptians as white men but egypt is in africa friends um and so we need to think about what our history actually is and get back to that because We're never going to leave the slave mentality if we don't fight this with knowledge. And knowledge of self is the most important thing. And that is why that was the first thing that was taken away from us. Literally. You're taken away from everyone you know. And now you don't even have your original name. I don't care what they called you. I'm going to call you what I want. And you're going to have my last name. My last name is fucking Irish. Or Scottish, or some shit. <laughs> like, actually, like... yeah, it, Like, the Mick. It has, like, the MC in front of it. Like, it's actually, like, you know, like, McGregor. <laughs> some shit like that. This ain't my motherfucking name. I embrace my first name very much, because it's Arabic. Um, my mother named me. Islam is, is very popular in Philadelphia. And I appreciate that. But what the fuck... You see what I'm saying? And that's why I keep making a point to say I'm going to find my actual lineage and I'm going to rep that shit hard. Trips to the motherland, woo woo woo, like all of that. I'm, I cannot wait. I'm very close. I'd say like 18 months or so on the short end. Anyway, all I'm saying is we got to take a step back. One step back together in a, in a big-ass deep breath. And then link arms and let's fucking go. You know what I'm saying? On some Jon Snow shit. Like, watch Game of Thrones and then I'll, I'll make even better analogies, you know? Fucking come through. Oh, my God. Anyway, we could be thinking about this shit way differently than we are. <sighs> There's so much, bro. Our history is so rich so rich which is why it took 400 years to to strip us away that that's if that's not strength bro empires have fallen way faster than that do you understand rome fell in it in a day rome fell bro and it didn't take 400 years it is taking them 400 years to crack us we cannot let them or help them finish the job like we have to really really like look down and see what jersey we got on for real like we are on the same team bro you don't play call of duty and shoot your teammate you don't shoot in the other basket that's like you know that's yours ah fuck it again i'm tired of the analogies just fucking wake up and pay attention be human goddamn shit and only most people, most black people arrived via slave ships. A lot of us was here already. 
Some people have ancestors that are black and indigenous. No boat, no slave ship, bro. How do we know? They burned everything and then gave it their own name. Goddamn. <sighs> Times like this, I think about Rosemont. I think about Wilmington. I think about Tulsa. I think about civil rights. I think about Black Panthers. They were always ready to break us down. But we we keep showing up. We gotta keep showing up. But we gotta be strategic about this shit. You know? That's what I'm saying. It can't be a movement. It has to be bigger than a movement. And what's bigger than movement? Shit. Inertia. The moment we disrespect ourselves, the others are, are there saying, Look, see? That's why we treat them like that. But... Nah, the egg came first, fool. The egg came first. Y'all treated us like this to the point where we thought, oh, shit, um, I'm really, I really ain't shit. How many people, how many black people you ever heard say they ain't shit? Them, they themselves ain't shit. And yes is a joke, but when you speak things out loud, <laughs> like, that's what you manifest. If you speak out everything you don't want, you'll see exactly what you don't want. If you speak out the things that you want, you will see the things you want. And you might think it's cheesy, but this is why black people are shifting and calling people kings and queens instead of bitches and n-words. Because we're seeing a shift here. The words we use are important. Language, linguistics are important. I was going to do a whole episode on this last season. I, st- I think I still might, so I'm going to stop there. But rapper 4 Eyes said, in order for the body to work, the elbow can't get jealous of the shoulder. The liver can't get jealous of the kidney. What he's saying is know your role, play your role well, and keep it moving because we're in this together. And that's my message that it is why I spoke for two hours (laughs) I should say at the beginning just listen to the last 30 seconds if you want the message of this episode (laughs) hey but shout out to my little brother cousin Mick for hopping on the conversation um I love that dude I love that insight and I do want to follow up. I think we can quote unquote bridge the gap. And if that's not what we're working toward, then what the fuck are we doing? And with that being said, this is somebody do something.